now and it will begin with our Tausch we've got a lot of favorites I, I you tease me for this you give me a hard time but we got a lot of favorites that join our show mm-hmm. we who's love your favorite favorite who's your favorite of all mm. I'd probably say Dean Blandino there you go that's smart I don't know who's joining us next Dean Blandino Joining us now. You know, the other thing about when we introduce guests is that some have longer introductions because they've accomplished a lot, or Joe Thomas when he joins us. Now we have to add Pro Football Hall of Famer, right, to his resume. Dean Blandino's list is pretty long. He's the pride of Hofstra University. He is the former vice president of officiating for the NFL. He can marry you as a, I don't know what we call him, uh, overseer of weddings, <laughs> officiant. And now, in addition to his role as a rules analyst on Fox, he's now the head honcho of XFL officiating. He's added that to his resume, too. And a Wilde and Tausch favorite, he is Dean Blandino. Dean, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm I'm good. I was holding my breath when when I was listening. Who was going to be the favorite guest? If you said Tasha, if you said Joe Thomas, I was going to be very upset with you. Just, yeah. we're, we're sad. Wilde, Wilde, yeah, Dean Wilde usually says Mike Pereira, but I think we finally have gotten him swung <laughs> right. around, and we're on the Dean train. Oh, We've never gosh. gotten him. I might, I, know. I might hang up now. <laughs> we just no, Dean. Don't worry. We always settle for you. It's fine. Uh, so, <laughs> how's the new job going? Because we haven't talked to you since you started it. Yeah, no, it, was, it went really well week one. Um, a lot of preparation. I mean, we're talking about that was two-plus years in the making. And, uh, when, you know, when I first got involved with XFL 3.0 and, and just um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, a lot of positive feedback and things to work on. And, uh, yeah, just excited. Uh, we, we got a game tonight, so getting re- ready to go for week two. Oh, Thursday night XFL. Ooh, I'll have to check oh, yeah. that out. Oh, yeah. Dean, what what do you think has the NFL is basically going to look at a lot of what the XFL is doing and look at it as from a trial balloon standpoint? A lot of positive feedback from the viewers that felt like in seeing that you were going through it in real time, explaining why a call would be overturned or not. I can't imagine the NFL is going to look at that and say, well, that's a terrible idea. Is that something that you think the NFL is going to look seriously at adopting for next season or any time in the near future? Well, I think they'll look at it. I, I think there's a lot of layers to the NFL where it's not as simple as you can just pull the curtain back. They have more games going on at once. There's there's more people involved. And, and I think there's more, you know, you have more, for lack of a better term, more more baggage i mean there's there's people this is new this is the xfl everybody's excited and uh the nfl you've got you've got a lot more you've got competition committee you've got ownership you've got all these different layers that you have to go through to do something like that i think they'll look at it i like the transparency i i think that that helps it helps fans 
who are watching, you know, if they don't know the why, then they're sitting there going, well, well what the heck? Why, why, why did that call stand? Or why did that? At least they, they may not always agree, but at least they understand why it happened. And I think that's good. And I think the NFL will look at that. And I don't know if they'll implement any, any of it for, for next year, but I know they're, you know, they've got competition committee meetings next week in Indianapolis in conjunction with the combine. And I think they're going to talk about all of it. Yeah. It just feels like everybody wants transparency and the fact like, let's take a look at that last call in the Super Bowl that got, you know, highly criticized because of the timing yeah. of it. If you're running that, let's say you're in charge of that piece of it and being transparent, how would you have viewed that? Because you could call that probably on, what, 50% of the plays? There's a little tug and that you could slow-mo it down. How did you look at it from a fan's perspective? Did you like that call, or does it yeah. just always go to ref mode for you and say, yeah, it was a penalty, doesn't matter that it ended the Super Bowl, you got to call yeah. it? No, I mean, from a fan perspective, I, I I wish we wouldn't have thrown the flag because I want to see the you know Chiefs probably kick a field goal. They go up by three. I want to see the Eagles get the ball. I want to see them you know go down and see how the game plays out. So from a fan perspective, absolutely. And I don't think look, I don't if if they don't throw the flag in that situation, I don't think we're sitting here talking about that play, going, oh my gosh, why didn't they throw the flag? Mm-hmm. But from an officiating perspective, if I put that hat on and I look at it, yeah, he grabbed the jersey. It's a foul. If it's foul in the first quarter, it's a foul in the fourth quarter. And so you look at it from that lens as well. So I understand what the officials saw. But, again, it's tough to sit there and say, well, they didn't, you know, they, they let some things go early in the game. And then in, in, in what was the biggest moment of the game up to that point, we get a flag. Yes, it's a foul by rule. Um, is it one that you really need to make in that situation? So I think I see it from both sides. It's tough. But as a fan – I would have just like to see no flag. Let's see how the game plays out. Dean, how does that factor in, though, the, the idea of how the game is being called during the course of the game and then in a moment like that? Because for Packers fans, I think they look back on the 2020 NFC Championship game, and early in the game there's a throw that Rodgers actually throws an interception on where it's pretty clear that Alan Lazard got pulled by the jersey. Doesn't get called. The interception stands. And then late in the game, while the Buccaneers are driving for on their final drive, there's a similar play with Kevin King, and he does get flagged on a key third down, which would have gotten the Packers the ball back. So when you've called the game a certain way, does that increase the scrutiny when you make a call like that then when the game is on the line? No question. No question. And that's, that's where you have to, if the officials – if that field judge has been letting go the, the the tug, the grab throughout the game, then you've set the standard, right? You've set the bar. And to change that at some point, right, that's not consistent either. So you've got to, again, like uh, that official, I don't know, you know, how many situations did they have an opportunity to throw a flag and pass on it earlier in the game? Those things absolutely are a factor, and you have to consider that. Where again, if you're if you're letting it go in the first quarter, then you've got to continue to let that go all the way, you know, all the way through. You've got to have a consistent standard, and sometimes it's tough to sit here and explain that when you when you see, you know, like in that championship game when they 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 don't call one early and then they call something similar later on. You're just looking for it to be the same both ways. Yeah. Uh, Dean, what do you think of being able to replay? I know the 
XFL is doing something where you can review any penalty at some point. Do you like that, or do you think that's just opening up a huge Pandora's box when it comes to, oh, oh boy, just ran an 80-yard touchdown run, but I think the left guard tugged down uh, the nose tackle and it wasn't called. How do you balance that? Because I think we all want to see it get called right, but I don't think we want to take away that the spontaneity of, oh, it's a long touchdown run, no flags, touchdown, oh, but we can go back and look and try and find something. Yeah, and, and we wanted to try it because this is something that's been talked about. The NFL competition committee coaches have wanted to do something like this. So we said, let's try it. And I think a couple of things going into it. So we've got to keep it limited. And and so the coaches get one, one time only. It doesn't matter if you win it. You're only going to get one. you got to have a timeout uh, to, to, to take the challenge. And we want to see how it goes this season. We had four games in week one, only one challenge uh, on an on an, an offside that, that Vegas thought was offside and the officials didn't call it. It was a big play. It was a fourth down, the punter. The punter, the punt was about to be blocked. The punter had to, had to pull it and run and was tackled short of the line to gain. Big situation. Vegas took a chance. Video wasn't clear. Couldn't tell if he was offside. We let it stand. So we feel like that if they keep it to those critical critical situations, I'm gonna I'm going to to apply a consistent standard. If I think it's a foul, if I see it and I say yeah, that's one we want called, we'll put the flag down. If I see it and I say no, that's not what we want called, or we can't see the video, then the call on the field is going to stand. Let's see how it goes this year, and then that'll give the NFL some data and some some real life. Uh, you know, like you said, a trial balloon where they can look at it and, and consider if they want to do it in the future. So, Dean, is this all initiated by the XFL, or is there any coordination with, you know, this would be cool, and you're almost, not because you're going to do what's best for the XFL, but is there any coordination with the NFL in trying to say, I kind of like this idea of a fourth and 15 instead of an onside kick. And maybe that's something the NFL, is there any coordination with that? Or is this just all the XFL folks sitting around saying, we're doing this, even if it's not something that we think could be innovative enough for the NFL to kind of steal from us? Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely coordination and communication with the NFL. and We've got good relationships. I've got good relationships, whether it's on the fishing side, football operations side. Um, and you've got, whether it's Russ Brandon, who was the president and CEO of the Bills for a very long time, um, Doug Whaley, Mark Ross, all these people have NFL connections. So we've had a lot of good conversations with them. The fourth and 15 that you mentioned, that's something the NFL wants us to try. They want to look at that onside kick alternative uh, because that's something that they've discussed in the past, especially years where the onside kick has been less successful and that's such an important play when you have a team down you know multiple scores and the ability to come back so yeah there's a lot of coordination and we saw that fourth and 15 play in our our game this weekend with san antonio and st louis where st louis was down was down 12 points with with just over a minute to go and was able to come back and win the game because of the three-point try and because of the fourth down the fourth and 15 conversion so i think those are things the nfl are going to look at Talking with Dean Blandino, our friend on Wilde and Tausch. Dean, I've got a couple of other things for you. Uh, one is the sky judge without the sky judge in the NFL, right? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. you're you're lording over all this in the XFL. Uh, I'm curious, 
do you really like how the NFL has gone about this? Because we have been big proponents, and in past conversations with you on our show, we've talked about the Sky Judge concept, but it feels like they just sort of they just put it into play without actually like delineating someone as the Sky Judge, like you know, after further discussion or whatever they're using that phrase. Do you like how they've gone about that? Because I do think it has had what appears to be on balance a very positive impact, saving teams from having to use challenges yeah. when they shouldn't have to, et cetera. I, I think it's a good concept. I think it's a good thing. I think it's I think the way they've implemented implemented it has has been clumsy at times. I agree. Where we're not sure, right? Where where well was you know, don't don't say after discussion. Just say, hey, we looked at it upstairs and it's this, right? We're just and I feel like that has led to some confusion. I do think you have to continue to look at it because you're going you're gonna to get into situations where, hey, here's a play. Um, the, the, the replay official didn't help the officials, so the coach had to challenge. But later in the game, they did, and that coach was able to save a challenge. So I think there's things they still need to work through. I think, I think it's a good concept. I think it's positive overall. But there's there's a cleaner way to do it, and and again, just just if we're going to go away from coaches' challenges, and we're gonna and we're gonna go more towards the sky judge concept, then they need to pick a direction and go in that direction, and and ultimately, I think it's a good thing, and I think they'll they'll figure it out, they'll get there. All right, T. The other thing I wanted to ask, and then I know Tausch has got more for you. We'd keep you all day if we could, but um, you know, working with Tausch, who I love, uh, he's an idea guy. And some of his ideas are a little crackpotty, but most of them are really good. And he's also a big solution guy, right? Don't come to me with your problem. Yeah. I want to hear your solutions. And I'm wondering, as because I love the innovation, and I love to see what you guys are doing with the XFL and the different ideas and the kick returns and everything else. Are these ideas that you had when you were in the NFL, but as we kind of talked about earlier with the different layers, that you weren't going to be able to implement them necessarily? So is it fun to have this chance to kind of change different aspects of the game? And and are you a creative thinker like your boy Tausch that you've been just kind of waiting to let this creativity come out and now you've got a venue for it? Yeah, I, I mean, I've always just my time with the NFL and just being in those meetings and learning and from so many from so many really smart football people, people that know way more about the game than I ever will, and just but but having that background and then wanting to having a almost like a kind of a blank sheet and you can you can kind of create what you want to do on the rules side and that's been that's been a lot of fun, um, but you also have to balance like it's got to be football, right? It's got to be football that we know it can't be so far out, out of the box that people just go, well, this is too gimmicky. So that's been a lot of fun. I love that creativity. I think if, if Tausch and I could ever, I mean, we could probably solve the world's problems if we just got together and just had a checklist and, and we could just go through it one by one. We, we'd solve foreign policy. We'd solve, you know, everything. Um, you know, but I don't know if the world's ready for that yet. But, but I love that creativity. And the XFL has been a, a, a good, you don't have to go through competition committee and ownership vote and all of those layers like we talked about earlier, which, is, which has been a lot of fun. Dean, did you have any idea, though, where they said, Dean, come on, man. We can't do that. (laughs) 
Well, well, the the Blandino cam, which would be on me the entire game, they kind of they didn't want to do that. That was going to be even even just a camera following me the entire day. But they said no, we can't do that. So, uh, but you know, there was you know we had coaches. We got what was great is we had so much input, and this goes back to the prior to 2020. And and you know one of the guys that was an architect and he's no longer with the XFL and you may know him Sam Schwartzstein he he was another offensive lineman played at Stanford and uh, and he was a big part of that as well and and we we went through so many just talking to coaches and fans and players and everybody else and and some of the coaches it's been great I mean they had great ideas some you're like okay well no we're not going to do that and 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 so but it's just great to get. Let's throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks, and that's been a, it's been a fun process. All right, one last thing for me before you and Tausch solve all the world's problems. And uh, Aaron Rodgers said this a couple weeks ago, I think, on McAfee. Uh, and and again, I I don't he doesn't control the purse strings for the NFL, but he's basically said that all the best guys that know the most are all working for TV networks now, including you. Do you think that this is part of the problem? I mean, we've lost Gene Steratore. There's the list goes on and on, and and Tausch can joke all he wants, but I think the world of both you and Pereira. Um, I'd be curious. Do you think that's part of the challenge or issue with the league that they've lost this kind of brain drain of all you guys going to TV? And how would you help them fix whatever issues Aaron Rodgers and many other players see ailing them? Well, with, with Aaron, I think we could do, we could go, I don't know where he's going doing that whole like retreat thing. So maybe, maybe we can start there, but he's so, out now. So he, you and Tausch and him can, you three of you can now solve. Oh, oh let's go to Oregon. He's out in Oregon. Yeah. Oh. He, okay. So Tausch, we're going to talk offline <laughs> on that, but, but okay. so the, the thing is, I think there's a lot of smart people as part of the NFL and nobody, you know, whether I leave or prayer or team, whoever it is, the NFL is going to keep going and it's going to be successful. I do think the bigger picture and the bigger issue is putting resources into officiating. It's, it's, it's one of the right coaches, players, and officials affect games on the field. And you've got to put the resources into officiating, make sure you have good people, make sure you have good training, good teaching, and, and give those people the ability um, to, to do their jobs. And again, and have the resources, whether it's, whether it's, you know, more training opportunities, whether it's the ability to work with your officials more in person, all of those things, and to see officiating as a positive, not a negative. And I think that's something um, that the league hasn't always, hasn't always done a great job with, and hopefully that can change um, over time because, you're, you know, it's such an important part of the game, and, uh, and you certainly don't want games decided by, by officiating calls, um, and, and that's something the league just has to continue to work on. All right, Dean, last one for me. I had you are an expert on looking at film, breaking it down, and then making a call. I was at a casino. I'm not going to name the casino. Oh, and my God. The, cam- the cameras at this casino are probably as good, if not better, than the NFL, right? You- I watched the movie or the TV oh, show yeah. Las Vegas back in the day. The cameras are strong, correct? Am I crazy to say that? Camera game is really strong. They've got every angle covered. <laughs> okay, exactly. So tell me how if I don't know if you I don't know what your stance is on this, but just tell, break this down for me. I go on tilt. I grab a stack of red chips and I put it out on the blackjack deal and we end up pushing, but the dealer 
didn't know that we pushed, paid me out. And I collected the chips. The pit boss comes over and says, that was a push. And I said, well, I don't even know how much money I put out there because I'm on tilt. I put it out there. And she comes and just puts her hands out and puts it up and says, well, just give me this many chips. And I said, go look at the video. Tell me how much I put out, and I'll be more than happy to do it. They said they did. the camera wouldn't be able to tell how many chips I put out. How would you have handled that situation, Dean Blandino? Wow, wow. That's, I, I mean, it's kind of, that, that's kind of tough to believe. That, but, but you know what? They, it's true. We have, NFL, we have NFL games where, where you've got plays at the goal line and we don't have a camera on the goal line. You say the ruling on the field has to stand. So it's the same type of thing. I think that, that story, though, says more about your, your kind of, your, your, your moral base in terms of you knew it was a push and you took the you took the chips anyway. So oh. I'm no no no. I'm, so I'm, Dean, you know, hear me out. Kind of, you know, that, that, oh, that's boy. the bigger oh, picture I'm looking at. So just saying. Uh oh. Just saying. Uh, Ooh, what a when twist. is prayer available? When is prayer? Available? <laughs> uh, oh, fair Dean. enough. This is why you're the best. That twist, no one saw coming. Uh, the innovator that is in charge of, N- of XFL officiating, and he officiates weddings as well. Dino, you're the best, man. We appreciate you a lot. Thanks. Have a good day. XFL is a little saucier, isn't it? <laughs> I got really admit, good. that was not a plot twist that I saw coming. I was really hoping he was going to side with me on that, and it turns out he didn't. We'll talk a little bit about what Dean talked about next. It's Will Dean Tausch. Thanks again to Dean Blandino. Man, is he good. He's just good. Yeah. I mean, I know you're a little yeah, salty because he took a... No, not even a, twist not even a little yeah. Not even a little salty. I love it. Um, that's why I like Dean. Yeah. And I think the point that he made... I, I don't know why the NFL wouldn't want transparency. Get over it. You want you're not from a fan standpoint. I think we can live with bad calls, and especially if you can correct them in real time, they should do it. And don't let a competition committee and ownership and all this other stuff. When you're taking in the amount of gambling money that they are, you got to make it right. That's right. You have right to about do that. what you can. And, you know, the judgment calls, I disagree with Dean on the fact that I don't want to replay. Um, I don't want you to be able to go back and find penalties. They have to be flagged in order to review. If you do that, I'm okay with it. So, But you can't go back and say, oh, Aaron Jones just busted an 85-yard run, but I think Mercedes Lewis tugged on a guy's jersey on the backside. And you know what? If I'm a Miami Dolphins coach, yep, fire it out there. And maybe they'll find something. I don't want that at all in any way, shape, or form. So then let me ask you this. Would be the, I don't want to say unintended consequence of this, but if that was your role, because I agree with you, first I want to say. But then would, because we've already seen this with officials now, turnover plays and touchdowns, which are both automatically reviewed, they always call, almost always call them that, right? So then you've got the automatic review in your hip pocket. Does that mean that we'll see more flags thrown? So it could, if it's borderline, are they going to be more likely to throw the flag? So it gives you the option to review it as opposed to letting it go. 
and there's no recourse for the coach? I think we all like watching. I think I don't think anyone complained one bit about the officiating in that game until that play. We don't want a ton I of agree. flags. Uh, and fans, I know I'm only speaking for myself, but I feel like I have a pretty good pulse on what's happening. Nobody wants all the herky-jerky off second and 20. We want to see guys play. I don't want the refs to be involved unless they absolutely have to be. And, you know, if it's egregious, call it. If it's a tug of the a tug of the jersey, no, stop with that. You know, false starts, offsides, illegal motions, all those things, yep, those are all easy calls. The judgment calls, it's just really hard to go back and overturn and look at those. That's the part that I think if you could have a little help from someone like Dean that knows the game and that can that can enunciate it to their audience, it makes a big difference because I think Agreed. Cowboys fans with the Des Bryant catch, and that was a Blandino game, I think he looked at it and for as much as all of us thought it was a catch, he's kind of broke it down. Him and Pereira broke it down and let you know why they were going to overturn it. Correct. Now, if you're a Cowboys fan, it doesn't make you feel any better, but I think for fans that didn't necessarily have a rooting interest, I think they looked at it and now it led to a rule change and everything else, but you at least felt like I understand why they did it. It wasn't because uh, somebody likes the Cowboys or the Packers more than the other team. It's because this is the letter of the law. Correct. And that's the part that I think we all respect. The way the rule was written at the time, the call was correct. You could question the rule and say that the rule was stupid, and they later changed it. You're exactly right. One other yeah, the thing, Packers still would have won the, won the game. They even have if plenty of time to correctly. get the ball back. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the biggest misnomer in that game. So. All right, last thing on Dino before we move on to... Gasmotes or whatever this thing is that you do you hashtag. like? I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pop in here. Do you like? You don't the have to announce you're gonna pop in. That's what you I do. Understand. I because I was gonna ask Dean, but I really wanted to get to the Vegas conundrum. Uh-huh. Uh, do you think of all the things, the kickoff where they move the guys down and there's not the collisions? Yeah, you got the penalty that you can review. I kind of like this onside kick deal. I like the 4th and 15. I think you should probably make it 4th and 20 in the NFL. 4th and 26? Uh, pers- no, definitely want to do that. Uh, you don't want to go and look at – it should be a very short chance to get it because ch- chances of recovering an onside kick, very, very, very minimal. Yeah. Should be the same thing. 4th and 15 in the NFL, I, I don't know what the odds, the percentages are. I think you need to move it to probably fourth and 20 in order to really push it because it should not be, oh, shucks, here I'm down 15 at the end of a game, and if I score a tutter, all i got to do is make one out pass to Lord knows who your receivers are going to be next year, Christian Watson, and bam, we're in play. I don't necessarily think that's great either. But that's the one I'd pick. Yeah, I, I, I really like the kickoff thing. I thought that was really interesting. We did not get to that. We, there's just so much to talk about when he joins us. Now, um, as far as the onside kick, I wish there was a safer way to do it the way it used to be because it was more like there was a better chance of you recovering before, and this was a safety concern. I get it. I'm not criticizing them at all for changing it. But that it was a kind of an – it's an exciting play, right? Like – When there was a greater likelihood of somebody bumbling it, not a Brandon Bostic-type bumble, but 
frequently you put enough English on the ball, there was a chance something crazy could happen. I wish we could get that back without putting more risk on the players because there was definitely those were dangerous plays. I get it. Um, I, I just don't I don't love the idea of taking it out of the special teams realm and putting it into oh we're gonna put our quarterback back on the field and he's got a fourth and fifteen. As a Packer fan, uh, there's nothing that sounds sweeter than taking it out of the special teams' hands and putting it in the quarter. Fair. So I couldn't disagree with you more. Uh, that's fine. We can disagree. We can agree to disagree, just like Dean Blandino pointed to a very large hole in your moral compass with you accepting your push I money. I tried to. He did not want to hear my explanation. I told you I was not really paying attention. I just took the chips. I did not. I understand. So. I, w- I don't want to question your morality. I just I just thought it was interesting that he took I it really in that direction. I thought Dean and I were going to solve world problems. and, and Dean <laughs> that he created one crap. for you. I know. All right. Classic uh, Blandino. Classic uh, you never know Blandino. what he's going to be up to. Um, all right. So you had, you invented, invented, is that the word we're using here? You invented a new anything. hashtag? Am okay, I the only one? I'll run with that. Uh, am I the only one who knows exactly what this hashtag is? Am I really the only one that followed this and knew exactly what it was? Jesse's very perplexed by this. We'll explain. He's so perplexed that he put it on the Wilde Attached Twitter feed already. That's how perplexed wow. Jesse is. I know exactly what it stands for. We will get to this. It's not sonar. It's not, what are, the, what are those called? Acronyms? It's an acronym that Tausch came up with as a hashtag. I will try to explain what it is after we take some guesses and after Tausch tells you about Kohler Services, which you don't need a palindrome. You just know they are G-R-E-A-T. Absolutely. And are you ready for a new shower or bath? Well, if you are, Kohler Services is a local end-to-end bath and shower design and remodel service that is brought to you by Kohler Family-owned business in Wisconsin for 150 years, and I keep telling you, you think of Wisconsin premium brands. Kohler is at the top of that list, and Kohler is the only manufacturer offering fast, professional installation and care for life. Start enjoying your bath or shower this year with a special offer. Visit kswisconsin.com today to request your free quote. Tell them that I sent you again. That's kswisconsin.com. The Kismot or something or other is next. It's Wilde and Tausch. All right, Jesse. We give you a hard time around here. From time to time. Yep. But I'm I'm fascinated. <laughs> We don't give you that hard of a time, Jesse. Get out of here with that. Uh, shout out to Beanie and Bayview on the text line. He said, uh, Beanie I, and the Bee. He said, I didn't know what Jesse looked like. I had to Google him, and then I looked up Goody. He does look like him. Good, handsome yeah, fellas. I, I don't think that. Th- well, I don't, know, I don't know about the last part there. Yeah, that's what Beanie said. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody thought that Jesse wasn't a good-looking dude. I don't think anybody was saying that. I just was surprised. Wait, you don't think Jesse's a good-looking guy, Jason? It's not my area of expertise. Uh, nor Whoa, is the hashtag your area of expertise as, as your buddy Big Cat, 
who is under the weather but still listening to the show. Yeah, Big Cat's probably down. I'm surprised Big Cat's listening. He's probably out. He uh, he calls your hashtag. I don't think he, the, by the way, Big Cat can't be giving Jesse grief anymore about missing days. He can't. Oh, no more boy. no more Big Cat grievances on Jesse's days off. I don't believe anyone is that give fair? anyone any grievances about taking. No, days no, no. Off. You can. Uh, Jason's absurd amount of days he's taken off this year already, but uh, uh, I digress. Very facetious. Yeah, you're so good. All right, so uh, Jesse was taken aback by the hashtag. And again, I, I like given the context, this is what I was getting at with Jesse. You're, you're a relatively smart guy. I can't believe you didn't. you needed help with this. I can't believe you've taken it to social media. The hashtag is the hashtag G-S-M-O-A-T. The G-S-M-O-T. I like the G-S-M-O-T. Okay. What do you think this is, Jesse? And have you actually gotten people to respond to it with their guesses at what it might stand for? Well, I think we can identify because Tausch tweeted, greatest sports moment of all time. Correct. So the- what are you doing? Yeah. Are you, so think, it's obvious. Jason, I think you're misinterpreting the tweet. I'm not asking what do you think G Smote stands for. I'm asking mm. fans what do you think is the G Smote? Ah. Okay. See? Now you've re- you've renewed my faith in you. Because I thought you were saying what does G Smote mean? G smoke. What are you, what are you doing, doing here? G smoke. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, G Back in uh, Mrs. Tauschak's English class at uh, Muskego High School, I was pretty good with the context clues, reading between the lines. <laughs> You'd have to. She'd have to have a different last name. She'd have to be like Nelsonson yeah. or she something. Moved. She moved. <laughs> yeah. She moved. So, she moved. Oh, uh, nice. I think that's I think that's Ricky Martin, and I think it's she bangs, she bangs. But be that as it may, uh, so what did you just say about Mrs. Tauschek? Uh, Whoa, Nelly! I don't know anything about Mrs. Tauschek's privacy. Uh, what is the matter so, with you? Other than she's partially related to you in some form or fashion. Uh, so Tausch was responding to the Miracle on Ice, and his. Hashtag acronym was indeed greatest sports moment of all time. What? There's not even a second place. Ago. You you basically forty three years ago, which yesterday. makes you what two at the time? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Obviously, I didn't watch it, and I don't think I think it was on tape delay, which is insane. it was. On, I did watch it. I was uh, eight. I watched the clip, and obviously, we all know Al Michaels with uh, "Do You Believe in Miracles?" and it's the uh, probably the most famous ending to any sporting event that we ever can remember. But when you start looking at things and where we were at in the world and how, I think, vital that was. I joke around a lot about Rocky Four being a big piece to the end of the Cold War. Yep. Whether or not there's any truth in that, I don't know. Uh, I love that. I believe there is. This was bigger than sports and from an emotional standpoint they had no business being in that game and for that crew and mark johnson to pull that off i don't think there can ever be a moment bigger i think that's why it is will and always be in my book the gasmote 
greatest sports moment of all time. So what now Jesse wants to do the Jason, they Stop. lost like ten nothing in a friendly right before Correct, the Olympics yeah. to this team. But you should watch Miracle again. I know you I know you've been I watching I know you enjoy watching Titanic after missing out on it for the first fifteen no, years that it was available. Lotus, this White Lotus is something else, man. White Lotus is whoo! What a wacky world that hotel has. That is what a great idea for us. It's a not show, a program I've wacky. watched, and and I'm sorry I'm missing out. But Jesse wants to make it the Garmot greatest Aaron Rodgers moment of all time. Oh, Garmot! I would Ooh. prefer to make it the Guasmot greatest Wisconsin sports moment of all time. So we can have dueling moats. Surrounding oh, our Facebook little castle. Facebook the A-Rod and Twitter the Wisconsin. That would be my recommendation to you. Well, that's good advice. All right. Well, we'll get those Thanks. into the field. Jesse loves stuff on Facebook. And there were and a lot then of people let's, responding let's there, too. And then let's link in the Jason Wilde article. The greatest Jason Wilde article of the moment. So I don't know. What is that? Gajara? Of the moment. Gajara? Now we're changing the... Whatever. We're moving around letters. Let's not do that one. That's fair. I just... I feel like Wildy's neglecting LinkedIn lately. I feel like you've just mailed it's it true. in. true. I haven't even accepted, like, the thousands of uh, connections that I could have right now. All right, so think about yours. You can make both your Garmot and your Gwusmot. That really does. Big Cat's right. Those both just, they all roll right off the tongue. Need another vowel in there somewhere, I think. And we'll do ours next. It's Wildy Tausch. I just want to be someone. I just want to be someone. Our Garboats and our Guasmotes. Greatest Wisconsin sports moment of all time and greatest Aaron Rodgers moment of all time. Preferably, they're not the same. Tausch, would you like to give your Garmote or your Guasmote first? Uh, so I think the Garmot is tough because a lot of them to choose from. He's got a lot of moments, and there's some that you know. What stage does it matter? You know, the Greg Jennings throw that's right over the tip of Ryan Clark's fingers, and how important that play was to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, has to be on there, but I don't know how you could do anything better than what he did in that Arizona playoff game. The one that we that they we lost both of them. One I was on the team, one I wasn't. But the, that throw that he made when he gets drilled rolling left is unbelievable. The throw to his jam. First touch, first, the yeah, first his of the two first, Hail Marys, one from his own end zone where he runs around to on fourth down yeah. to keep it alive, and then he throws yeah. another one for a game-tying touchdown. Yeah. It just is. They should have went for two there too. I'm sure if Mike had to do it again, Big Mike had to do it again. He'd ask Big Linda, and Big Linda would have said, "Go for two. That he didn't have his best receiver. Janice was hurt. He couldn't go out there. Great play. His first touchdown pass to Corey Hall, who we still don't know who has that football. Which I'd like some investigative journalism there. Jason. <laughs> it, would, it would appear perhaps uh, Red Batty. But I believe. That that throw to Jared Cook uh, in that Cowboy game is probably the Garasmote. 
just because of how it played out. I don't know how you can beat that. Even when you start piling up all the other great plays he's made, I think that's the one that I probably will put at the top of the list. All right, so my Gar moat, I had it down to two. I thought about the Arizona game. Those were amazing to Janice. I thought about the Super Bowl because of the stakes, and he had multiple plays in that game. Um, But I narrowed it down to two. One you just mentioned. I mean, him counting up the players on the field and then drawing up a play in the dirt to make that throw to Jared Cook to set up the game-winning field goal, which, let's not forget, Mason Crosby, friend of show, had a kick twice. Mm-hmm. Sketchy timeout. I still, it still felt like that one was. I don't know how it was. That was a weird kick, man, because it looked like it was hang, like hook and left, and then all of a sudden, it's like something came from the sky—a UFO or a spy balloon. Divine or intervention came and ricocheted it in through the upright. It still was an amazing kick. But I still think the most amazing thing I've seen him do among literally dozens of amazing things, right? I mean, it the, the list, I don't even know. If you were to try to put this list together, I don't know how long it would be, like 100 or so. But I have to go with Chicago in 2013 in the regular season finale mm. because his collarbone isn't fully healed yet. That was during the time of Tuesdays with Aaron and an acknowledgement at the time that it wasn't 100%, but they let him play anyway. Uh, they converted not one, not two, but three fourth downs on that drive. The third of which, of course, is Cobb running back past Chris Conti. Is that who it was? Um, who has his heels on. The yard line, the yard, the line to gain for a first down, and Cobb unexpectedly sprints right by him, throws his hand up, and is gone. Rodgers has to make that throw. John Kuhn gets the block on Julius Peppers, or it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I just thought that, that that, for me, is the greatest singular moment that I have covered during a career full of them. Like, they lose, they miss the playoffs, Rodgers came back, all that other stuff. Like, And again, he has so many other moments like that, but for me, just given what he'd been through, given what had happened to a promising season, given that he'd broken his collarbone against the Bears, I just thought that that was the moment for me that was his greatest moment. And again, in 16, that pass to, to Cook is part of a greater run of what I still think is his greatest stretch of games of his time in Green Bay. And I would just say this, for all the time we spent talking about him and the darkness retreat and his indecision and wanting him to come to the offseason program and everything else, I hope we all, even no matter how frustrated to varying degrees we all are with him at times, I hope we could still think of some of the incredible moments that he has given all of us because I think those are easy to forget when he starts to piss you off you you know how time heals everything agreed Uh, emotions run hot there is not one single Packer fan that doesn't appreciate and love 
the moments Aaron Rodgers has given you over 19, 18 years, whatever it is. Everybody does. That doesn't mean you can't, you can still, you can be frustrated sure. with the fact that you only got one chip and that you've only been to one Super Bowl and that you've had a little bit of uh, drama over the last two years or three years or four years, depending on how you look at it. Jesse, do you agree with Tausch or me or have a different moment for Rodgers? I think the Jared Cook throw against Dallas is number one for me. Because you don't, like, even as great as the, the Super Bowl win was, like, it just it feels different than an individual moment. And the Jared Cook throw, when you think, like, overcoming being against that team on that stage. And the talent that it showed. The, exactly. That's why that mm-hmm. stood out so much to me when I first thought of this. The Hail Marys, like, because it was in a losing effort. Detroit. Yeah. yeah, that Detroit Hail Mary, man. That I might now that Jesse picked that, I might change mine because that play was. Is that because you don't like being like Jesse, or what? What's the reasoning there? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't have. I like. I, I, I like Jesse. I'm not going to get into anything else. I Thanks. just think there's so many moments, and I want it to get spread. I don't want it to get constant because um. there's not one signature moment. It's what's beautiful about it. He's been so good for so long. If you just look at his first touchdown pass he ever threw, he's corkscrewed in. He makes a like a crazy tight window throw to Corey Hall. What a play. And there's a thousand of those that you could go back and look at. I'm changing mine to the Detroit Lions. Hail Mary on a Thursday night when all was done. And to throw the ball and almost hit the roof. The roof? The, the roof. The ceiling is the roof. Um. Wait, the Corey Hall touchdown is not his first career touchdown pass, right? It's his first one as a starter. Well, okay. Well, I'm just saying from the perspective of that's why Corey Hall should get to keep it if we knew where it was because his first touchdown pass was like to Jennings in Dallas, right? So I meant as a starter. Okay, I'm not nitpicking. Great correction. No, great correction. That's what that's what you I do. T- I can tell how I much you enjoyed the I correction. I can't get mad at you for being who you are. I can't. That's on me for not understanding. I, I'm, the 11 o'clock hour of us being ourselves begins in two minutes. So stick around. It's Wilde and Tausch.